You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Joel Alconin. Save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special. Featuring myself, Dennis, and Rob Friesen of Bright Trading, we'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use, and how we prepare for our trading day, and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Today feels like a Friday to me, but it's only Thursday for for some reason. Welcome to Premarket Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Kahn, and Dennis Dick. Man, I got a lot on my mind today. I'm excited to talk about the return of the department store. Yes, who's with me? Talk about that. We're going to talk about Robinhood. We're going to talk about Nvidia. We'll get to some questions from our chat. A lot going on. As I said before, we throw it to Joel and Joel's charts and Joel's levels. Oh, we have to talk about the t- the T word. No, not transitory. Oh. Not transitory. The, the, the new T word is tapering. Yes, <gasps> we're going to talk about tapering today. I do have some green on my screen, and that's gold up 450 at 17.89. Silver, man, that's down a nickel. No one needs silver anymore at 23.33. Bitcoin, it's going with the market today. Not as, uh, yeah, more on a percentage basis. Down 690 at 44,165. Ethereum backing off too. That's down 64 dollars at. 2968 triple d you know on days like this when i wake up in the middle of the night and i see the activity i'm like is triple d hedged is he okay is he surviving and it's actually the exact opposite why i'm not hedged i'm not surviving. no you are hedged no. and i don't need to <laughs> i don't need to worry good. about you i don't surviving? need to worry it's about you opposite. anymore He's dead you know i don't need to worry about you anymore well, you know, you don't need to worry about me, Joe. I'll be okay. But um, yeah, you know, typically these so so, and this is what we're gonna talk about on Saturday is my style. I'm not a long only trader. Majority of your retail traders there are long only. I'm what you call a market neutral trader. 
I trade market neutral, meaning I try to minimize the market risk. I try to take the market risk out as much as possible. So on a day like this, it doesn't impact me that, you know, oh, I'm getting killed on all my stocks. In my long-term portfolio, I'm getting killed on all my stocks. Retirement account, I am long only. In my trading account, it is almost always hedged. I might have a market bias and I might put a little bit long or a little bit short, but for the most part, I'm usually hedged. I was hedged overnight, Joel, so you don't have to worry about that. And um, so far, so good. The hedges are working. I'm actually up this morning on my overnight trades, so which is a good thing when the market's down 1%. I mean, this is just a different style of trading. Rob Friesen's going to talk about this with stock odds. We are quantitative traders looking to extract alpha from market inefficiencies. Typically, my P&L isn't linked to whether the market is going up or down. It's linked to how much the market is going up or down. It's linked to the VIX. So volatility starts rising. Typically, my P&L will do better. Yesterday, um, we don't know how today is going to work out. I do have some overnights, but so far, so good. Yesterday was my best day in two months. So um, this morning, it's looking okay as well. I'm not out. I still have 50 positions on overnight. So anything can happen. There could be news hit one of my positions. But so far, so good. I'm green on my overnight so far. So the hedges are working. But this is just a different style of trading. And I mean, everybody who started in the last year has been spoiled. We've been in this relentless bull market. We haven't even had a correction bigger than 4 or 5% in the SPY. So, um, you know, it's been easy. It's been easy pickings if you're a long-only trader. You might have started and you'd be like, wow, this is so easy. I'm so good at this. I started the same way in 1997 when I started trading. Um, looking, you know, and I was in a relentless bull market. And we went straight up in 1998, went straight down up in 1999, went straight up in 2000. And then 2000, obviously March 2000, the top happened. And then we had eight years of pain. So I don't know if we're going to eight years of pain. It's not my job to know that. It's my job to minimize market risk. So am I making as much as a long only trader in an up market? Probably not. But if, if I was just long only and didn't have any shorts on, I would be doing better. But when you've got the market oscillating or doing you know, days like this, when the market's going down and everybody else around you is losing, a lot of prop traders are actually making more money simply because they're hedged. All right. So uh, should I uh, renege on uh, the pump and pile uh, moniker? Uh, do I have to come up with something new? I mean, the T word came up and it wasn't transitory. So uh, the Fed, when are they going to make a move? I mean, that was the thing when we talked about what what could potentially hurt this market and its higher interest rates, right? And they talked, well, I don't even know if they talked about moving uh, rates, but less bond buying. And people just hit the button on that one. I mean, there was absolutely no hesitation in the market selling off. I don't know what really other factors we can attribute uh, this decline to. I mean, China's not helping things, but uh, that you know, uh, rates, they're changing. What are we going to do? That's it. Uh, maybe by the end of the year, they're going to taper. Well, maybe, maybe not rates, but maybe it's 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 the asset purchases that that could taper right. by the end of the year is what saw, is what the the minutes that came out yesterday sort of hinted at um and we know that any any minuscule hint of a change in the wind in the way the fed is leaning uh has the power to 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 move markets like it's doing this morning so that's that's your headline is the the minutes hinted at there is some some i don't want to call maybe mild enthusiasm on uh, uh within the fed to to begin the tapering process but now, now what what comes next is now they have to signal that we're going to start tapering at 
X date in the future. They have we haven't gotten to to that part yet, and so we're we're in like stage one, which is like we're thinking about thinking about it. Now we have to get to stage two, which is like we're thinking about it, and we're not we're not at stage two yet. Um, but that that's basically your headline, as Joel said, is 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 the big reason, the big macro headline this week, and that is you you could say that's why we're down. Just um, just remember one thing before you go and sell all your long term portfolio. You know for the massive correction that everybody's yes. predicting now that we're going to have is that the fed is not data dependent they are market dependent and if we start to go into a significant sell-off the fed will 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 calm those tapering concerns in a hurry so that's the tough thing to be a bear to be a long-term bear and like i said even though i short stocks i'm not a bear i'm not short my long-term portfolio I was bearish back in March of 2000 because I thought there was or March of 2020 because I thought, you know, this COVID was going to get. And that's when I was actually, you know, hedging my long term portfolio, which I rarely do. I'm not hedging my long term portfolio. I have a lot of cash. I've raised cash, but I raised cash two, three months ago, which was the wrong move. I was trying to deploy a little bit of that cash yesterday. I bought a couple of stocks, probably too soon, obviously, because market's selling off. Um, so those aren't doing as well. But just, you know, it, it's hard to be a, a long term bear. Knowing that the Fed, if the market starts to sell off significantly, the Fed will change their tune. And then that will prop the markets back up. So I'm not in the camp that I'm going to go sell all my stocks here. We're going to have a 30, 40% correction or 30% bear market. And you now we're going to get killed. I think we start going down 5, 10%. I think the tune changes again. So I'm, uh, I'm you know, looking at stocks that have been really beat up. And, and I am putting a little bit more into the long-term portfolio. I brought that 40% cash position probably down to about 35% in the last few days. Um, am I going to go all in? I never go all in. I always have like 15, 20% cash. But I've got a little more. I've definitely got some more ammo there if I want to buy some more. But I was doing some nibbling. I bought a stock yesterday in the long-term portfolio. I bought Scott's Miracle Grow, SMG. Look at what this stock has done. I mean, this is, you know, was a cannabis play, but before it was a cannabis play, it was just a fertilizer, but they gave it the cannabis love. But I mean, this stock went from $150 back in November to $250, and now all the way back to $150. The PE is reasonable. It's got, got a little dividend. I kind of like the stock. So I was like, you know what? The one I bought at $152 yesterday, it did go up to $157 shortly after I bought, which is nice. Um, one fifty four. It's probably going to be back down to where I bought it today with the overall market sell off. But you know, a little piece of Scott's miracle grow in the long term portfolio. I don't think farming is going away. I don't think cannabis is going away. But you know, they say this is a cannabis play, but this is a fertilizer stock. It was a hundred before it was a cannabis stock. It was a hundred dollar fertilizer stock. Um, that's convenient. So when it's at one fifty, it's a fertilizer stock. When it's at two fifty, it's, it's a, a cannabis, cannabis stock. Cannabis play. That's so convenient. So if the cannabis stuff starts to get hot again, you have like almost a call option on this. You you pretty much you know you're good on the fertilizer. Well, you're never good. You don't know if you're good. But I'm saying this is this is you know been priced in from one hundred to one fifty as a fertilizer stock. When it's going to two fifty, it was a cannabis play. So they kind of took the cannabis premium back out of it. So now you're just getting the fertilizer play, but I don't think fertilizer is going away. I don't think farming is going away. I don't think cannabis is going away. And they're pricing this. You know, it's got hit pretty hard here. Now it's come back to a reasonable valuation. At 250, wasn't reasonable. At 150, I was doing the numbers. Looks good to me. So I put a little piece in the long-term portfolio of this stock yesterday. Not a trade. Uh, You know, if you're following me and you, you know, like it's not a trade. This was in the long-term retirement account. SMG, long-term retirement account. Not in my trading portfolio. 
Uh, when Triple D talks long term, I'll talk long term too. And uh, you're coming up in an area where you have basically four monthly lows. It's a little bit lower than here, uh, but this 143 to 147 area, I mean, you're coming up on monthly lows, four of them in a row. So we'll see. Maybe it has a little bit more doing the downside. We could always look at the daily candles and see how they evolve. But, uh, you know, I just don't think, you know, unless you have a crazy, some crazy market action that this thing is going to, you know, drop to 120. It's already been beat up pretty well. Um, I just wanted to touch, just go back real quickly on the interest rate thing. Yeah. Folks, we are at historically low interest rates, right? And they're they're never going back to where they, where they were, you know, back in, back in the old days. And still, you know, investing in the market, I mean, it's still... I mean, until, you know, things change, I mean, it, you're not going to make any money putting your money in the bank and you're not, it, you know, t- I mean, that it's a different market. So even if the rates do go up a little bit, I mean, on a, on a historical basis, they're still so low. So it's really, it's not a big deal. And I think Dennis is right. You get some weak numbers and the fad will back off a little bit. I mean, you know, one thing pump and pile, you know, he did, he did a good job during the, uh, uh, you know, during the pandemic. So this is a little bit uh, less of a task in my opinion, but uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Do we want to have, um, do we want to do some earning stocks first, get them out of the way? I I don't. And, and this is one thing we're going to talk about on Saturday here too. Earnings matter, but as the market, as volatility picks up, the market matters more than individual stock news. It's like, you know, I, you see this algo running off the SEC filings lately. And they say, oh, insider buy. And the algo, like, will pay up like 1% for a stock or maybe even more than that off an insider buy. That algo, whoever's running that, is, 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 is honestly a little bit of dumb money. Because when you have markets in turmoil, and not that they're in turmoil, but when you have volatility picked up, they don't care that an insider bought a stock. So there was a lot of opportunities even last night where you're seeing an insider buy hit the SEC filings. The algo bids it up and, you know, savvy traders are saying short to you because you know what? It's probably not going to matter that, you know, the, that, that, in, that, that insider bought some stock, you know, unless it's a really, you know, outsized position or a stock when getting absolutely killed. There's not going to be a lot of people caring the next day. People are caring right now about the market getting rocked. They're not looking where to make money. They're looking where to, you know, save money. Maybe they're looking to buy the dev. But, you know, are you going to pay up 2%, 3% today because an insider bought a stock? Probably not. So, you know, even upgrades and downgrades start to not matter as much when market volatility picks up. Earnings do matter, but the market sentiment will impact that as well. We talk about that all the time, too. The market's getting rocked. You don't want to be reporting that morning a good quarter. I mean, NVIDIA numbers, which we could go to right now, was a pretty good report. Stock is barely up. Why is that? Probably because the market is getting rocked. Hey, Joel, can you just pull up a chart of the VIX real fast? I just want to point. So oh, I always. Oh. It's, it's, it's like slash. It's like slash VIX. Or no, it's not slash. It's at. It's at. It's- at Vic. No, it's like it's something weird on Trade Station. Hold on. All right, well, whatever. The point still stands that the VIX is at 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, you know, a, a right. And Dennis always says he doesn't need the VIX to, to tell him volatility is going up. But yeah, the, same thing. Yeah. But, but but for the rest of us, you know, it, 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 that's the point of it, right? Is to tell you when volatility is going up. So the VIX has gone up. We, we, we were at 18 
a couple of days ago. We're at 24 now. The VIX has been steadily declining for basically the last, basically since COVID started, right? We had that that spike up uh, in March and it's been steadily, steadily declining since then. Uh, we've been in a relatively low volatility environment for a lot of this year. And, you know, what we have here is we have a, ourselves a good old-fashioned volatility spike. Doesn't mean it's sustained. Doesn't mean it's going to sustain itself. But that's what's happened. We've got two or three days here, uh, two days now, plus this morning, of, of, of uh, downward action uh, across the board, pretty much across the board. And, uh, yeah, the, the, so it's just something to be aware of, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Someone's oh dollar sign. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, Dennis, you can uh, give your 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 own sentiment on this, but you know, that's nah, not working for me. Maybe it's dollar sign. To me, um, like the VIX, if you're playing, if you're trading it like as a hedge, and you're trading the low volatility, um, you could get it. You can, and then there's these spikes. Okay, and if you don't get out on the spikes, you know, within like it just just evaporates on you and it comes right right back down where you know if you're trading stocks or futures or something i mean you know there's volatility but you have more than one chance you know you can have targets you have things like that so for me i look at the average daily range in the s&ps that's my own personal vix and you know from the finance you know when we uh you know the pandemic meltdown you know we went you know, 150, 175, 200, 220 for the average daily range. And then as the market turned, I mean, it started to come down. And now we got compressed. And now we're down to an average daily range of like um, only 35. So when we had that up day on Friday and we had a 12-point range, I'm thinking, whoa, you know, yeah, there's buyers up here pushing it. But you know what? The sellers aren't aren't letting it get very far. And that's kind of what you know, this market's felt like lately is like, yeah, I'll put my order out at 150 and Apple, I'll let you take me out and it can go to 151 and a half, but I'm out, you know, I'm selling a chunk of stock. We saw that formation in Disney and, uh, you know, institutional distribution as opposed to accumulation. Now the average daily ranges are expanding. Now it has my attention. Nope. And people want to naturally just buy the VIX as a hedge. And yes, yep. that can work to a certain extent, but we know these products tend to drift down. To zero. I, I short stocks. I mean, most people don't short stocks, but you know, for the most part, you know, I short indexes too. I mean, if you're nervous about the market, instead of buying some T-VIX product that you know deteriorates over time, and instead of buying a triple lever, you could short some SPY, you could short some IWM. You're not going to get Reddit squeezed on SPY. You're not going to get Reddit squeezed on IWM. So, I mean, that's, you know, just basic. And we're going to talk about all this on Saturday. You know, what's the best hedge? But I've never, you know, SQQQ or whatever they are, I never buy those things. Never. I, I would just short QQQ. If I wanted to you know, be triple levered, I'd short three times more QQQ. So these products are designed to for hedging vehicles for people who don't want to short stocks and, you know, don't have a margin account to short stocks. But, I mean, you can easily open a margin account, too. And if Robinhood or whatever your broker isn't allowing you to do it, you know, you kind of get what you pay for. You got free trading. You're not going to have all the tools that everybody else has. But it's the type of market. I'm not telling everybody to start shorting stocks. I'm just saying, when you're nervous about the market, you can keep on some of your long. Or you sell your longs. You know, that's another way to be hedged, too, and you raise cash. There's lots of different ways to hedge yourself against market risk. But the tea leaves... Have been on like if you're getting rocked in the last week and you're like, what happened? 
there has been warning signs about a pending sell-off here for a month. Tim, you know, uh, obviously has been coming on this show on Monday and warned you for the last three Mondays, looking, you know, what he's his indicator looking at, saying, you know, we're due for, it's looking like, you know, not to be long right now. You know, we've been saying it too. You know, the only thing that's been holding up the market is Apple and Microsoft and Google, you know, and the FANG stocks. And they started rolling over yesterday. And lo and behold, oh my gosh, the market's going down. The market is Apple. That's the CSMP. But we've been looking at IWM for a while. IWM has been going down for, you know, basically the last month. That's a better indicator of what stocks are doing overall. But again, am I throwing in the towel and selling all my stocks today? No, I think the time for selling was a week, you know, was two, three weeks ago, you know, four weeks ago. I, mean, I, I was raising cash two months ago. I was a little bit early, um, you know, and the stocks obviously kept well, going up. You were early and Tim was early because Tim has been. We've both been early. We were both early. Yes. So, you know, you could kind of feel that we just, you know, weren't getting anywhere, even though SPY was grinding to new all time highs. It wasn't like rip, roar, and rally. Everything was going. It was like, oh, Apple's grinding itself a little bit higher. So there was lots of warning for this. Lots of warning for this. And I think you just got to be careful and, and understand, you know, that markets don't always go up. And understand what your risk of your trading portfolio. Understand the risk of your stocks. If you're all in a one meme stock, I mean, there's a lot of risk in that. You know, somebody saying PMCB just killed me. This is a store. This is a stock that you know is just going crazy. PMCB. Um, this is a stock. You can't control I, the risk in a stock. Like uh, how do I control the risk? You know how many trades I made in PMCB. You know how much this is in my in my filter. It's in my filter continuously. I didn't even know the story, but I'm like, I'm not trading something's moving around 200 percent a day. You know, I, I I've got to control the risk somehow. I trade the mega caps. I trade a little bit of mid caps. I trade stories. I'll trade some smaller caps too. But something that's just wild and moving around, like the Robin Hood going from 40 to 80 in a week. Yeah, some people made a lot of money in that. My job is not to make a lot of money. My job is to make a living. I don't have a full-time job. It's only trading. If I'm going and losing, you know, a whole pile of money on a stock like PMCB, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills. And I have a lot of bills. So, you know, I've been trading a long time. So it's a difference between trading for a living and trading for fun. If you're trading for fun, trade whatever you want. But if you want to do this, you know, there's a lot of traders that think they, they can, you know, pack up their job, quit their job, and become full-time traders. You got to be able to trade the down markets too. That's what we're going to teach on Saturday. It's a great- right, I don't even want to discuss. Do you want to, do you want to hear the spiel on uh, PMCB? Well, it, it's pretty wild, pretty wild stuff here. So if sure. you're following the story, they, they uplisted to the NASDAQ. I think it was like August 9th or 10th. They uplisted to the NASDAQ and in, in the process, they did an offering, which is totally normal. You know, as, as one does, they, they raised uh this is an early stage biotech company. So they did a, a three and a half million share offering at four and a quarter. That was like, that was, like 10 days ago, they did that, okay? Um, for whatever reason, it's, it escapes me why. Here, you have the chart up. Stock goes up from $3 to like $11 yesterday. Uh, or not quite, yes, not quite 11 Well, uh, no, it got to like 9 and then in the after hours, it got to over $10. Um, so what do they do? They do another offering, as you're wanting to do. But this one is a direct offering at the market. $70 million direct offering at the market. Um, so they, if you're keeping score at home, they they raised, um, oh, it was like $14 million uh, 10 days ago. And they're doing $70 million raise 
today. So that's like $84 million, and their market cap is $50 million. So they've raised more money than their market cap in the last 10 days. So now we've got a stock going from 12 and a half uh, this morning at 4 a.m. to $4 right now. Um, I mean, this is what happens. Uh, why did it go from 2 to 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 10 in the first place? I have absolutely no idea. Boggles the mind. There's no news. There's no I'll nothing. tell you, for me, this. You know, look, I pull up this symbol. Whoa, whoa. The first thing I look at, now I'm just going to tell you, and then this is going to be my last comment on it. I see the stock has an all-time high near 260, right? Yeah. And it's at 990. So either it's just one pig of a company or it's really a pig of a company and it's done reverse splits. So no matter what kind of news, no matter what I see, no matter what technical formation I have, I have, I don't. I want nothing to do with the stock. Not, right. not, not from a long-term investment standpoint. Right. Yeah. It's right. Too much risk. Right. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's got five million shares outstanding. Right. So, it let them play. Let other people play with that stuff. And, yeah. and that's what people are naturally attracted to. People don't want to, you know, they, they want to get rich fast. They want to, how do I, how do I double money? I, like I get this question all the time because people know you're in the stock market. Like, oh, I got a thousand bucks. How, can you make me a few grand on that? Well. One, I'm not taking your money because I can't take money, you know, with break trading. I can't take other people's money. But two, they they just think, oh, I turn a thousand dollars into four thousand dollars. I don't turn a thousand dollars into four thousand dollars overnight. I use break trading's capital, which is significant, using millions of dollars in capital to make a good living. I'm, you know, and if you can make, you know, if you're using, let's just say hypothetically, if you were using five, I don't know how much capital I'm using, but let's say you're using two million dollars worth of capital. If you're making 10% on that, you're making 200 grand a year. If you're making 20% on that, you're making 400 grand a year. If you're making 30% on that, you're making 600 okay, so grand a year. If I was making three, four, five hundred percent on that, on two million, I'd be making eight, ten million dollars a year. You, the, the types of strategies you know that I'm running are, are not gonna make you, you know, five, six, seven hundred percent in a week. The types of strategy I'm trying to grind out. I enter a trade for a 0.1% edge. And sometimes I come in and I'll make one, two percent on something, you know. But if you can grind out half a percent here, one percent here, half percent here, 0.2 percent here. All those percentages add up. And by the end of the year, I did pretty good. So, but just expecting, you know, that, uh, you know, this is, you know, 2020, we're going to buy some stock at five bucks and it's going to go to 50 bucks. And I'm going to, you know, make a thousand percent of my money in three months. It's unreasonable expectations. We've been spoiled. We've been spoiled. And, you know, 2021 has been a little bit of a wake up call for a lot of those people. At least in the last six months, maybe not January, but yeah. yeah. Everything- I mean, 20, it was unbelievable. I mean, people coming in in March of 2020, you know, there if you were buying stocks in April, May, June, it was you so made easy. a lot of money. I did so too. Easy. My portfolio did really well. It was so easy. It was laughable. I thought it was so easy. It was laughable. I, I, I thought time. I was a genius. Everyone thought they were. Everyone. Yeah. I didn't even touch my long-term portfolio. I told you, but I looked in January. I was up on 97 out of 100 stocks. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just really good at this. No, everything was just up. I wasn't yeah. good at that. I didn't become, you know, the best investor ever. You know, I only lose on three out of a hundred. I was just benefiting from everything being up. Well, we're not in that market anymore. We're not in Kansas anymore. We talked about I knew that. you were so going to say that. You've got to be able to adjust your trading strategies for mm. the environment. Long only was working fabulously. But, you know, I'm grinding. You know, you got to grind. Professional traders grind. Citadel? Grinding. You think oh. Citadel's coming in making a thousand percent of their trades? They're making fractions of a percent, fractions of a percent on very, very many trades, you know, the tune of 20% of the market's volume. They're grinding. They're grinding, grinding. They're making the spread. You know, they're picking up pennies. They're picking up fractions of a penny. They're grinding. 
But you know what? They make a lot of money by grinding it out. And, you know, we have a lot of traders that make a lot of money grinding it out. So, I mean, it's a different style of trading. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's what's suitable for you. But if you're going to come in and just be a long-only trader and you expect to make money every single day, that's an unreasonable expectation because you're going to have markets that are not going to cooperate with your long-only thesis. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on here. Let's talk to some individual individual stocks besides PMCB. Let's talk Robinhood. Okay. Hood. Um, great quarter was the, was the takeaway. Uh, questionable guidance. So the quarter was okay. Uh, there were some weird adjustments going on there. So the EPS is not comparable. Their sales came in above estimates. Uh, monthly active users more than doubled year over year. Pretty crazy. They went from like 10 million to 21 million uh, uh, in, in, in one year, uh, average revenue per user down a smidge, uh, interesting crypto revenue, uh, grew a lot, but 62% of their crypto trading revenue came from Dogecoin. Is that sustainable? Probably not. Uh, here is the money line though, from the press release. They said, and I will quote here, um, for the three months ending September 30th, we expect seasonal headwinds and lower trading activity across the industry to result in lower revenues and considerably fewer new funded accounts than in the prior quarter. This has been bugging me all night. What exactly is seasonal headwinds within the, within the context of trade? Is that, is that going back to school? Is that what that is? Is Robin Hood saying all, the, all these kids are going back to school and they're not going to be trading all day? Because what does seasonal headwinds have to do with That's uh, interesting. new account creation for a retail trading app? I'm I'm not I'm genuinely asking because I don't know. Like, what is seasonal headwinds? Is it going? Maybe back we to should school? ask Robinhood that question. What, is, what in context? That's that's is, an interesting question. Is, what do they is, mean by seasonal? Headwinds? Is seasonal headwinds going back to school? Because what is different about this quarter versus last quarter? I I I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I'm Anyway, it's been bugging me all night. But that, but that line right there, they lowered the bar for themselves going forward. They said we expect lower trading revenue and trading activity um, across and lower fun, and less funded accounts across the board this quarter for the current quarter. Um, they lowered the bar. That is your 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 biggest takeaway from the earnings report last night. Joel, I'll let you handle the seasonal headwinds conversation <laughs> from Robin Hood. I'm just going to say, and then I'll let you guys talk it. I'm just going to say Robin Hood has been in the best possible oh. environment ever. Possible. Or possible. Everybody sitting at home, not knowing what to do, jobs, you know, they didn't want to go to work. They had this huge bull market. Everybody's like, I can make it, you know, as a full-time trader. Um, you know, they are benefited from the bull market probably more than anyone. So if we do go into a market, I'm not saying the bull market's over. I don't know where it's going. So I'm market neutral. I don't know. But I'm not full on like rah, rah, bull, bull that we're going to, you know, S&P, you know, 6,000 or 7,000 or Dow 100,000 imminently here. So they have benefited huge from a bull market. If we go into a market that shops around for a prolonged period of time, you will lose accounts. Killed. They will lose accounts. They will have people saying, crap you know there's a, they were all in on some meme stock and they're getting hit they will start to see some decline and it is priced for perfection so would i own robin hood in my long-term account at this valuation which is bigger than the majority of you know major brokerages out there no i would not touch this in my long-term account would i trade it yeah i trade it you know i try it off the bottom you know i, I try some different things am i looking to buy the dip on robin hood today no it's trying to catch the falling knife 
You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're coming back to, you know, do we get back to the IPO price? What was the IPO price, by the way, Joel? Do you remember? 38, remember? So that's probably going to be your next logical stopping point, I would think. We've come a long ways from the $85 when everybody just got stupid. And that was dumb money up there. There's no other word for it. Now you've come back to reality. 38 is a logical bounce point. But is this going on my long-term portfolio? No, the valuation is just absolutely insane. And it's priced for perfection. Oh boy, I don't I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Uh but uh okay. fourth day of trading after a crazy game, insiders sell $198 million in stock in a bunch of them. If people know the company from inside the company are doing that, what what does that tell you? Four days after the IPO and they after the crazy price action. After that, it's been lights out for the stock. Uh, you can, you know, pre, I can just give you some short term levels. Uh, pre market low is 42.72. Uh, the dailies don't give you much. Uh, you get down to 37.16 on the dailies at 33 and a quarter. But you're, I think you, you hit a spot on, Dennis, like the best possible environment. And when the environment got a little rocky, like with the GME, remember that? And they had to basically shut people down, and someone came out and bailed them out. You know, I don't know who it was or how much money they gave them. You know, is someone going to do that? You know, there, someday there's going to be a situation like that again. And are people going to be willing that, you know, to cut the check again on something like that? So, well, you uh, hope the risk management that they're not going to get into a yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I, I really where hope it doesn't happen. They're better collateralized here that, you know, they're not going to get in a situation I sure hope where so. the trades aren't going to clear. Fool, fool me once. Shame on, shame yeah, on me. I would hope I they hope learn so. something from that experience. But, you know, it's, 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 it's actually it's quite scary, you know, when you have a situation where, you know, everybody's all in on just a couple of different names, the majority of their clients. And, you know, and obviously, you know, maybe, you know, it's a squeeze, maybe it, whatever it was, but, you know, when they get into a situation that they're worried about, you know, their capital, re, you know, requirements that they've got, you know, and all, even if it's short term, you know, it's scary, but that's not the situation of Robinhood. Now you hope they've learned from that. My, my, my beef with Robinhood is the simple fact that I think the stock is just priced price for perfection and i think it's been a perfect environment and i don't think that perfect environment is going to continue for them so that's why i don't want to own robin hood in the long-term account um 
but I have to hop a few minutes early. So before I leave, I'm leaving us. Well, just a few that. minutes early. It's eight thirty six. No, no, no. no. Authorize I'm, all, this. I'm, not, I'm not leaving yet. I'm just, but I'm before I do. I'm. I got to go prepare to MC day two of our reopening stock summit. Coming up next, by the way. Good but, timing um, on that. Good but, timing on that. But before I leave, I just want to talk about Amazon for a second here. Okay, can, can we go to Amazon? Because actually, and, and let's go to let's talk. We'll, we'll talk Amazon, Macy's, and Kohl's all together. Ooh, because nice. I'm, I'm putting my foot in the ground. I'm planting my flag right now. The department store is back, baby. We are back. Kohl's had good numbers this morning. Macy's had good numbers this morning. And the coup de gras, the creme de la creme, the cherry on top, Amazon. Getting into the department store game. What, what is the Amazon headline? So tell me about this Amazon headline. Amazon's going to be opening their first department stores in Ohio and California. This is according to anonymous sources from the Wall Street Journal. The stores will be around 30,000 square feet, so not quite the size. Your, your typical Walmart is like, you know, 100 to 150,000 square feet, so like a third to one-fifth the size of your typical Walmart uh, slash Target, whatever. Um, so it'd be around 30,000 square feet. It's a little bit smaller, but they're going to offer, um, obviously, Amazon-branded products. And um, who knows what else? It could be anything, right? <laughs> there could be drones flying around the ceiling for all we know. That sounds pretty cool. Amazon store. So they're trying to go basically head to head with Walmart to a certain extent. Obviously, we know they've got they've got, you know, Walmart whipped in online commerce. But, you know, they're trying to say, hey, maybe we can take them on in the physical brick and mortar, too. I think that's what they're saying. And it would not surprise me if, you know, their stores actually do pretty good. It's an interesting. I mean, Mitch, you were saying, I think this is like a test, obviously. It's just, well, you know, to see if they can do it. But, you know, Walmart's very successful with brick and mortar. Why couldn't Amazon be an Amazon superstore? I kind of like it. I just want the store. I like the test. For all we know, it's going to be uh, – it's not really so much about the store itself. It's about, like, the technology in the store, right? Like, for all we know, like, the there could be holograms. There could be drones flying around. <laughs> you like the idea of what Amazon's going to come up with. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I do. The, 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 you, know, you know what? I, I could walk in, and they scan my retina, and then my grocery list pops up in a hologram, and then it, it follows me around the store. And the when, I, pick up all your stuff. when I reach onto the shelf – to pick up my can of soup, it gets crossed off the list, my hologram list. Um, yeah, I mean the possibilities around this here. Obviously, you go work for Amazon. I it's should. Test, but he, here's what I actually think. I actually think that five, ten years down the line, Walmart, Amazon, Target, tomato, tomato, it won't matter. They will be the same, right? And Target and 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 Walmart have been chasing Amazon online for twenty years. Amazon is not chasing them in brick and mortar. It, it's gonna they're gonna be the same store they're gonna be everywhere and they're gonna be the same i've i've been, my thesis is bet on the biggest players in every industry and those are the big get bigger and and everyone else is is is, is screwed um and and walmart amazon target are your biggest players in retail e-commerce and brick and mortar um and it's gonna stay that way they're gonna be the same store is basically what it comes down to yeah. Target's getting hit here again this morning. It actually got hit all the way down to 240 in the pre-market. I guess that's on this Amazon headline, it, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, and, 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 interesting and, and, enough, Walmart not getting hit nearly as hard as Target. Target's had a bad couple of days. You know, one, the earnings report was not that bad, but the market didn't care for it. Ooh. And now, two, you get Amazon going to go and piss in their pool to a certain extent. So... Um, 240, that's where he got down in the pre-market where somebody got really excited overnight. 
on Target. Walmart n holding up much better than Target, but you know, Target's had a lot bigger run than Walmart as well. The bait on Walmart is also less, so just understanding, you know, that you know is the reason why Walmart's not going to be down as much as Target. But I don't know. It's kind of scary even if you're just long Target. You know, after this huge run, you know, is this a buying opportunity or is this, you know? Um, you know, if Amazon starts to come in and actually open physical stores, this is not good for Target. A couple things on this, uh, just regarding the Amazon, I guess I would call it a positive and two negatives. Uh, the positive is, is like the, the biggest expense of these, uh, of retailers is the real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And what you have to, what you used to pay at some of these malls and everything, uh, outrageous. So the good news is, is they're coming in and they're just going to be able to get just some deals, right? On the real estate. And that changes the whole operation. It changes the margins. So that, that's, that's the bullet. You know, I would say, yeah, long-term, this could be a really bullish move. Uh, the bearish things, number one is, man, they're, I mean, they're going back. Are they going backwards by going into stores? Uh, their model was built on that. So, I, you know, changing their tune, if this is perfect timing of it, fine. But the last negative is the chart. And this thing, you know, sucked people in, had the big run. Then they, they just whacked it. And you just continue to make new post-earnings lows. So, if I was all excited about this thing on the breakout over 3,500, I wanted to buy it when it came back there and several times and I did it. Now I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for 3,000. That was the bottom of the trading range. And, you know, that's where I feel your risk is. So I don't know. It's, um, you know, two negatives and a positive uh, for Amazon. Okay. Last thing I'll say on this, uh, if you were, and I've said this before, if you go back to the day that Amazon announced they're buying Whole Foods, it was June 2017. Okay. Walmart stock fell 5%. Target fell 10%. That was a long ways ago. Okay. And that was when Amazon- We have some precedence here though. Makes me see a one percent fall, and I'm like, yeah, I'll not buy the dip on Walmart. Right <laughs> okay, losing one forty nine. Saying folks, it's going to fall, but I'd be too to scared to. You know, Keep your eye on one forty nine. Absolutely has to get back above one forty nine. We talked about this, Dennis. I hope you're able to whack it in the after hours when it went through there. So right there, one forty nine. Your long term number for Walmart resistance to take. Got to get above it and hold it or not. There's not a lot here stopping it down. Maybe 140, 142 area. All right, I'm gonna hop off. I have to go prepare to end. Few minutes. What's a few I minutes? Eighteen. So a few. Yeah, that's what. A few. Eighteen is a few. You said a few. That's what it is. All right. Let, let's bring in the eighteen. Let's bring in the eighteen. Oh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can go ahead. Yeah. We got backups here. Bye, Spencer. <laughs> Bye, Spencer. <laughs> Jason has to talk with you later on. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah he'll have a talk. We'll get Raz to, to get him we, on there. We got, we got money, Mitch, here. We got money. What's up with money, Mitch? How Whatever happened to Raz on Friday? I don't know. We got to figure that out. We need the Raz. We haven't had the Raz right? on our show in probably over he, a month. He's too here, busy so. at the Detroit's poly training no, camp. You know, guy's so busy. So busy did, all the time. To Detroit, what kind of camp? The training camp, you know, just, just, just over there, just hanging out, you know. With the players, with, with the Lions, who yeah, have already Lions, fired you know. their athletic trainer, maybe he can get them to win a little bit. Yeah, I, th I think he's got easier tasks. Yeah, Joel said, let's 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 move forward. All right, yeah. guys. So I've been seeing in the chat a lot of people, of course, talk. 
talking about SoFi. I mean, I don't think I even want to go there, but we'll, well skip maybe that we one. do. Well, you want to take a look at it? Everybody oh. on CNBC was telling me to buy this stock. I mean, there was <laughs> everybody who's been pitching SoFi to me. I was like, maybe I should buy some SoFi. I still have not bought it. Uh, but when stocks are making new lows, I say you got to go. I don't want to buy a stock making a new all-time low. No, thank you. I want to see where it bottoms. So you do have a level. So you do have a level, 1356. So if you want to take a flyer, that's where I'd stop myself out. You don't want to start making new lows on you again. It's a tough day. But you know what? We've had a couple. We, we were oversold on some stocks. Is this SoFi oversold? Probably. So this stock actually has the, you know, the, the, the capabilities to bounce faster than, you know, stocks that haven't even started their sell-off yet, like, you know, Apple, which hasn't really sold off much at all. So am I, you know, coming in and loading up on SoFi long-term? No, but if I was, I'd want to lean out on that 1356 low. So you can put any trade on as long as you know where your out is. My out would be below 1356. And uh, where did we spike to uh, in the uh, after hours? Hmm. 1360. What's the low of the move? Those levels. Yep. 1356 levels, Joel. They work. Yeah, that's all. Uh, boy, oh boy. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can use that. I don't know what the uh, other lows are in this one. After that, I see a 1314. These are monthly lows, but uh, that's it. I'll go with Triple D on that one. Did we cover? Uh, he mentioned Macy's. I know Spencer gets all excited about uh, these retail stores. Uh, they had a big pop, but uh, beginning to fade. Um, I don't know, kind of no man's land here. Where are we at? We're at 1909. Uh, short-term traders, make sure this thing holds 1920. Uh, pair of highs in that area. 1980 would be just a super juicy target. And then he mentioned Kohl's too, right? And I just want to do Kohl's real quick. Spike up and on its way back up. Uh, hmm. It got over 55. Is that... Uh, nothing there. Fifty-five, sixty-five, your four-day high. So I just wanted to cover those two retail stocks. Uh, Mitch, take it away. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's get into another area. Of course, I mean, department stores, apparel. I would definitely pay attention to maybe see if you get some sympathy in other names. Like, of course, uh, you could look at Urban Outfitters, American Eagle, some of those. It's a good names. point. Gaps. Let's see if you get some sympathy. You know, of course, I, I, I'll, I'll I think keep it's those a good point, Mitch. Um, you know, you're looking at where do I want to be buying the dip today? Well, if you think Coles and Macy's are going to hold on, I think Jerry's still out there, but they're doing well. Um, maybe you're looking at the dip in Nordstrom this morning. Maybe you're looking at the dip in some of the other department stores. Maybe you know, not Target because they're at Walmart because they've got just got Amazon to a certain extent today. But I mean. You know, if you think this is a turnaround and Spencer, before he left, was talking about, you know, Coles, Macy's potentially turning it around, at least in this quarter. Yeah, look to some of the other big retail names, um, maybe on the dip this morning. So, you know, and if the market turns around, it'll probably be those stocks that'll lead us out. If the market continues to roll over and sell off, well, everything's going to probably eventually sell, uh, roll over and sell off. But JWM's trading in the red right now. Should it be trading in the red with Macy's and Coles ripping higher? I don't think so. So I kind of like JWN down here this morning. Now, if you look at the chart, um, I guess you're coming into support too, Joel. You got lots of support down there at 31 on Nordstrom. So yeah, where are you at? 32, 30. Yep. If you're looking for a long, I don't know if I'm looking for longs, but 
The chat says that we're uh, talking our books here, even though I don't think none of us hold in these uh, retail stocks. Yeah, we but... rarely talk our books. Yeah, I don't even know. Calm Meow says that. I want to know if cheese comes with that wine. I mean, go, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to go listen to CNBC and get there. We like you listening. No, I mean, no, the you truth stay is, and we have so many whiners say what in this you want chat. to say. Pre-market um, prep wine. We don't have these. We're, we're just talking. I don't know position Nordstrom. I have no position Macy's. I have no position in Kohl's. I have no, no position, position in Walmart. I have no position in Target. I do have a position in Amazon, a long-term investment position, but no trading position in it. So, I mean, all right. Let's let's, let's talk about something that I wanted to talk about today. And, and today is one of those days where you're seeing the spy. You're seeing the cues look have that downside look to it. A lot of times when we get these downside looks, one of the things that I like to pay attention to is, yeah, you can be looking at certain stock stories today, micro stories. But if the overall market is going to kind of drill down on us, this is something that you got to keep in mind on trading days, especially for day traders like today. What do you guys recommend on days like today when you're looking at particular stocks, but at the same time, you're having that downward pressure on the spot? I mean, it all depends with your your positions and everything. But, you know, on days like this, you know, with the down open, because I I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But at some point, they're going to have like a 20, 30, 40, uh, you know, point rally, rip everyone's face off. Right. Shorts get overdone. But the close, I mean, I'm just giving just a real general thing here. Like if you're you're stuck in Apple, okay, you bought the breakout at 150. It's down about 34. It's kind of, it's trading a little bit more than the market. So that closing price is just, you know, a lot of people are marked there, people that took it home. So that's just like a general rule. If you're, you know, if you're stuck on something, you know, look at that close. And if you're looking to short, you know, maybe there's something that closed near yesterday's low, had a, you know, weak close right there. Maybe there's still like a latent bid out there from yesterday and you could get short near the previous day's low and you're not shorting it at the hole. There would be there would be two things, but like you know, selling you know some of these stocks you know down in the hole like this. I mean, it has worked sometimes, but man, oh man, in this buy the dip market, it certainly has. I, been, I make a lot uh, more money strategy. buying dips and selling dips. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Again, you can put on you know if you you know just setting it up. If you're long, you want to be long like a Nordstrom or something today, you can turn around and sell something short against it too, and you don't even have to stick in the same sector. With retail, the nice thing is when the volatility starts to rise, you can start to hedge stocks with just other stocks. When you know you're in stock pickers market, then you can't do stuff like that. But I tell you, when I'm looking at the board here today, looking at all my stocks, there's not a lot of green on the board. There is a few gold stocks, like you were saying, higher here, uh, Joel. But you know, you're scrambling to find anything green here today. Estee Lauder, which reported Nvidia, which reported are in the green. Coles and Macy's are in the green, which reported in like some gold stocks, but not a lot of stocks that are green, so stocks start to correlate much better when volatility rises. Yeah, just uh, to illustrate a point here, uh, Target, new price target by Goldman Sachs. I assume it's a higher price target. On a day like this, you got more, you know, on a normal day, if the spoos were up 20, they'd be bye, 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 bye. Today, that hmm, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, news means nothing. And again, you know, that we just were talking about this. When volatility rises, news, individual stock news becomes less important. That's just that's just a correlation that is proven true for forever. Just a segue here. I mean, hey guys, if you guys want to hear more about this, exactly how Joel and Dennis trade, check out this weekend, guys. 
August 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. We're going to have the professional trading by Joel Conan, Rob, and Dennis. You're getting three traders to talk about their strategies, not only the way they prepare for the morning, but also where their edge really lies. So if you want to check that out, definitely Saturday. Guys, hit that link right here in the chat. And you guys can sign up, and I'll, I'll play a little trailer here to get us a little pump for that moment. And Dennis will have a new dance uh, for that tune. It's not can't be the same one as a Tim Quast dance. So, uh, real like quickly, uh, Pfizer. We got a question about Pfizer here. Someone's been holding it for eight years. Oh my! Yeah, I I bought hey, it. He got, the, he got the same stuff. Are you even holding Pfizer for eight years too? No, no. This is like uh, I I kept on telling you that uh, we picked this one up before earnings. Oh, so yeah. you're a recent. You're a newbie on Pfizer. Yeah, so I think I've, I've actually might have owned Pfizer for longer than eight years. I believe I bought it back during the financial crisis. So, like, I might be eleven or twelve years on Pfizer. I think my average cost basis is, I think it's about thirteen. I think I'm in around thirteen dollars. So, if we go back to the charts, we could try to figure out where I bought Pfizer. I did sell part along the way, which you know obviously was a mistake because the stocks continued higher. But when did it trade thirteen dollars? Oh yeah, uh, you're going back to before the financial yeah, crisis. Maybe I've had see. this a long time. Go back further. I, I'm pretty sure my average cost basis is it's 13 on Pfizer. Uh, 2011, maybe 2010, 2011. Yeah, it was under 15 uh, in 13.27 July 2010. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, about 11 year holder in Pfizer here. So, am I selling my Pfizer? Nope. I don't feel like paying the taxes on it, and I don't think it's going back to you know, $30 or $35 where I'd be, you know, indifferent, you know, so I'm holding on to it. I like the stock. Don't want to pay the tax. Is it topped out yesterday? If I was in it for a trade, I would have dumped it yesterday. Um, if I was in it just short term Pfizer, um, you had a number of stocks Regeneron too, which I just bought, you know, fairly recently, but I designated long term and I like the valuation. So I held on to it, but you look at those and they were really getting pumped on news. This has been an incredible run for Pfizer. It is overbought. And yesterday's candle tells me that, you know, maybe, you know, whoever's buying a 5186 yesterday is going to have some buyer's remorse. So I think you got a date with the mid 40s, like 45, 46. If I wasn't looking at it for a trade to get back in, I'd probably look in that area. 48, 45, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I'm not looking at it from that perspective. I'm just saying this thing has just been such a serial underperformer for 100 years, right? And this greatest bull market that I'm not going to try and pick a top on it. Yeah, it may stop out near the whole numbers. Uh, but the other thing I was thinking about this before it actually happened is what if like someone at one of these uh, Moderna or Novavax, what if these couples, you know, stumble? You know what? And, and that actually happened with Moderna. You know, I just look at Pfizer, you know, is like a bigger, more experienced, you know, longer term experience company. And it's just getting going. I don't you know, I don't I don't have a price target on it, but it's got the momentum. It finally broke out. It finally made a new old time high. So 
I'm not rushing out to sell it anytime soon. It's been an under. So if you go way back, Pfizer, believe it or not, was a $45 stock. I know. I sold it back then too. And it traded with a PE back then of like 45. You had a drug stock trading with a PE of 45. What's happened since then? The company has continued to grow and continue to dominate. But to get back to that pricing, because it was so ridiculously overpriced back then, it's taken 21 years of growth for the company to become a reasonably valued company. It was the same thing with Cisco. It's the same thing a lot. When you're paying 60, 80 times earnings, you better hope they keep those rate growth rates up. Because if they don't, those stock prices come down significantly. Kind of like Microsoft. I mean, how many years did that, you know, did that take? Like you know, 15 it, years, 15 yeah. year bear market for Microsoft. People don't, you know, they're just starting the markets. It's good to go look at a history lesson and look to March 2000. That's why we do this exercise. It seems like every couple of months on the show where we look back because, you know, when we're in a rip roar and bull market, you tend to forget the stocks can actually go down. Good companies can go down. You know, some of the best companies. We even talked about Amazon. Amazon had a 90% pullback after, I think it was down 96% from the highs in 2001 or 2002. After, if you go back, you can see it on Amazon. You won't see it on the chart because it's exploded. No, they only go back to like uh, 20 years. um, But if you went back, you know, from where Amazon topped out in like March of 2000 or maybe it was July of 2000, some stocks topped out a little bit later. Two years later, I believe Amazon from peak to trough fell 96%. Obviously, it's up thousands and thousands of percent since then. But you can have some significant drawdowns, you know, when you're trading extreme valuations. And Amazon was another one that looked like at the time it might go to zero. It didn't. It was the one that survived. But there was so many online stores. Why is the online bookstore different? Because of Jeff Bezos. But, you know, there was online toy store, online bookstore. You know, and nine out of ten of these companies went under. But, you know, obviously the brain of Bezos and expansion of, you know, Amazon, you know, took over. And that was the company to own. But it was hard back then. You could look at all these companies down 80%, 90%. The NASDAQ went from 5,100 to 1,100. 80%. An index fell 81%, I believe, from peak to trough. An index. Like, that's like the QQQ is falling 81%. That's just incredible to think about. But the valuations were nuts then. We're not at that point. Walmart isn't trading with a PE of 50. Pfizer isn't trading with a PE of 40. There's a lot of stocks that are reasonably valued. But that's why I learned the hard way. Growth at a reasonable price, I follow instead of growth at any cost. Yeah, you want to talk I, China at all? Or Mitch, did you have well, something you wanted we, to We cover? got about two minutes left. I don't want to jump into China. That's a long topic there. <laughs> uh, but definitely, uh, I want to point out a couple of areas that I'm definitely seeing the market uh, kind of pressure right now. We're seeing energy really get smacked down the last couple of days, oil dropping down. I think that's another thing. I mean, last time we saw the market really make down moves is when oil was getting crushed. Um, we saw oil go really high. I mean, I, I, I forgot what the price of barrel went up to, but well, uh, the, the futures went over 76. There you go. Perfect. We, I, I always look at oil and I see like this 30 to $80 range. And so now that we're near that top of the range, I'm wondering if we're going down to the bottom of the range and that could definitely drive us down for a little while. Um, that that's what got us in trouble, I think, last time when we saw the spy really take a hit. So I'll keep watching that's on good. energy to see if we get some flips or, you know, I, I've been trading uh, the drip a couple of days. Uh, that's a leveraged oil play, uh, inverse play for you guys that can't short like the only long. I just do the inverse play, right? Um, I'll be watching that Good idea. Uh, towards the open. Another thing that I want to point out is Kroger's been ripping like a freaking monster that's, that's from Warren the Buffett. Buffett uh, the Buffett push. I don't know if anybody has this one, but I think there's going to be a little bit of profit taking today. 
um, two big days like that in Kroger, you just don't get that often. I, I'm kind um, of mad at myself because I love this stock. We know I talked about it multiple times. It was back at 32, 33. I played it once from 32 to like 37. Then I never rebought it the second time. And it has exploded. Warren Buffett in there now, um, obviously adding to his position. So, um, you know, that's been the Buffett factor that has pushed this price higher here. Kroger's absolutely overbought at this point in time. I would wait for a pullback if I was looking to get in this thing. Let's Last go Kroger. Uh, it's not getting hit. Initial, holding up uh, good. So- Sorry about that. Just last thing I want to bring up, make sure that we get it out there. The initial jobs claims there for last week at 348,000 claims versus the 365 claims expected. Um, So definitely the initial jobs claims starting to come down. A lot of people probably pointing towards the little extra incentive uh, that's now taken away there. Um, And people coming back to work. I mean, that's that's definitely a good sign for the market. Um, we'll see if this continues to kind of trend on the downside uh, versus coming back and giving us a spike, right? I, I know a lot of people were talking about maybe stimulus because of Delta. I don't think that's going to help. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so we'll be paying attention today to see if we get a, a reverse in the market. Up next, uh, we got a great, great reopening stocks show for you guys. We're about to start on that. Uh, we're going to have companies like Safe, uh, ALF. Definitely check that out. There's going to be some good REITs being mentioned there. I always like REITs because, I mean, you can a lot of times get some dividend and some extra income with these plays. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll leave off with that. What are your final words today, uh, Joel and, and Dennis? I think, uh, my I think first, working... oh, go, Joel. Go. I'm just going to say, I got to hop. I'm going to cover. There was a bunch of stocks we missed in the chat. I'm going to go cover them at nine. Uh, for me, always the same thing. Looking for follow through through the pre-market low. Uh, if you get that, I'm not going to get too excited because I got I see a, another low at 40, uh, 43, 41, 50. When they rip this thing, whatever that early morning low is, I always look for like a 50% retracement on the day as uh, for whether it's stocks, futures, or whatever. So, all right, I'm going to hop. Great job, Mitch. Thanks for uh, filling in and talk to you soon. Triple D, give them, give them what you got. Always. I think I, I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm just looking here. You know, obviously, I'm going to be doing my inefficiency trading when some stocks are too down too much relative to where they are at a fair value. I buy them then when they're up too much relative to fair value. I sell them short. Those strategies work much better in an environment where obviously, um, you know, the trading volatility has increased. You know, stock news doesn't become as apparent. So I've oh, got a little intruder there. He just left, though. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm still looking. Same things um, that I'm normally doing. Long-term portfolio, which is still sitting with 35% cash. I might nibble into some more. Like I said, I bought a little bit of SMG yesterday. I am looking at a few others, you know, potential trades, you know, to add, I added to my GM a little bit. Um, I had sold a bunch of GM when it got up to 58. So I re-added those shares that I had sold. So I'm back in a full-size position of GM here now um, when it came back. And I bought that yesterday at 50. So it's below where I, or 50 and a half. So it's below where I bought that yesterday um yeah so just you know i'm looking at my cash allocation long-term portfolio putting a little bit of that to work but not going crazy not saying this is the best opportunity of all time because you know i don't know you know nobody knows where we're going from here there's a lot of unknowns there's lots of worries but we also don't know that we're not just going to rip back higher so if you got a lot of cash nibble that's what i'm doing a little bit of nibbling all right guys that's going to do it for us like always you can catch dennis dick on at 
on Twitter, Triple D Trader, and definitely get uh, Joel on Twitter. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.